Welcome to the Field Talk Podcast from the Linder Farm Network, the voice of Minnesota agriculture. I'm your host, Dan Lemke. Fertilizer prices have put a strain on the bottom line for many farmers as prices for NP and K have spiked in recent years. In recent months, however, prices have trended downward, which is positive for farmers. Jason Trendle, economist for the Fertilizer Institute, joins us on this episode to take a look at what to expect for 2023. Yeah, uh, the Fertilizer Institute, we are uh, the trade association that represents uh, the industry uh, as a whole. So our members are really anyone across the fertilizer supply chain. Uh, all the way from you know an importer or a producer, all the way down to the wholesale dist- uh, you know distributor or retailer, um, and then anyone kind of in between or those folks that are providing services for the industry. And we're really committed, you know, at TFI uh, to being you know to, to have a safe, secure, and, and sustainable production, uh, you know, distribution and use of of plant nutrition. So that's kind of who we are, who we are as a TFI and and some of our members. And how about your role? What's your uh, position there with the Institute? Yeah, uh, at TFI, uh, I actually serve as the economist. And so my main focus really is to provide data, information, um, and resources uh, for both the industry and the public um, related to uh, kind of, uh, you know, fertilizer, whether it's production, import, export, um, consumption, supply, demand, um, all of those uh, different types of things. So I'm kind of the, the data numbers nerd. Uh, that helps provide some uh, market intelligence um, for folks who are interested in the fertilizer space. And as we've discussed before, you do certainly have some Minnesota connections. Uh, yes, I do. I grew up in uh, southeast Minnesota, kind of a, a rural kid at heart. I was heavily involved in 4-H and FFA. Uh, worked on a number of different farms uh, growing up in the summertime. So I've always enjoyed agriculture, and I had a great high school economics teacher. And so, you know, it was a good combination uh, in terms of kind of combining economics and, 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 and econ to study ag econ um, and then uh, kind of wind up still being in the industry but doing a little bit on the data side. So. Excellent. Well, I appreciate what you do for the industry. And obviously, you know, farmers are, you know, thinking about uh, the 2023 growing season. And, you know, a year ago at this time, uh, folks were really hit hard by uh, some, you know, rather quickly rising prices. It kind of hit uh, folks, uh, you know, I wouldn't say off guard, but really was a major factor in a lot of bottom lines last year. I guess what were some of the factors that led up to kind of what seemed to be a rather rapid uh, jump in prices for uh, fertilizer? Yeah, it definitely was a, a rapid jump in prices. And, you know, over kind of the last about two years now, you know, we just saw um, a whole slew of various things that kind of all popped up and contributed to really what we uh, what we saw in the marketplace here, like I said, in the last about 24 months. Um, and just some of the big ones maybe to highlight that kind of really drew uh, drove that spike. Um, you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, obviously we had uh, just general disruption um, from from COVID in terms of kind of logistics, uh, in terms of plants being shut down because of deferred maintenance, um, different things like that. But we also had some significant weather events. So if you recall the the February freeze uh, back in 2021, and then later that year, at the end of 2021, uh, we had Hurricane Ida. Um, between those two storms, you know, that knocked off about three percent of our annual nitrogen production, um, which you know, a small amount, but not an insignificant amount. So we had, you know, those weather events um, and just kind of supply chain disruptions. We also had uh, change in input costs. Um, So natural gas in particular is important for nitrogen. We obviously have phosphate rock and sulfur prices um, that go into our phosphate fertilizers. Um, And, you know, we saw some uh, 
very uh, volatile uh, natural gas prices here in the U.S. and more uh, in even higher volatility um, across the world, particularly in Europe. And then you also had a lot of trade disruptions. Um, obviously, the war in Ukraine, you know, Russia is a large fertilizer producer and a natural gas provider. You had sanctions against Belarus, which is a huge potash um, supplier to the world. Uh, China banned their or, or greatly reduced their exports of fertilizers and their big phosphate. Um, producer uh, and exporter. And so, you know, unfortunately, there wasn't one uh, of our major nutrients, N, P, and K, that wasn't influenced um, by some type of trade disruption. So those are just kind of maybe some of the big picture ones. I mean, you obviously, we, we could get go into a lot more detail on uh, the strength of the dollar, you know, import exports, um, all of that. But um, those are kind of maybe some of the three big ones between the weather, the input costs, and just the general trade disruptions. Sure. So how are we positioned as we head into 20 2023 and farmers are making their budgets and cash flows and things like that for the year ahead. What kind of situation are we facing going into 2023? Yeah, I mean, I think the good news is we we have seen a softening of prices um, across all um, all nutrients. So you know, uh, phosphate uh, and and uh, potash prices in particular, uh, almost from almost a year ago now have kind of started a steady decline, um, which I think is welcome news. Uh, nitrogen came down last summer and then bounced, but more recently in the last about three or four months, um, it started to uh, come back down um, from uh, last November, uh, which again, I think is is definitely uh, a good news. So as we go into, you know, this next season, I think, um, you know, knock on wood, uh, without any additional, you know, significant or serious disruptions, I think hopefully we would an anticipate that things would continue to trend slowly, uh, but trend in, in the right direction. Um, we don't foresee, um, based on what we've kind of been tracking, that there will be any significant production shortfalls here in the U.S. Um, and so we would anticipate supply to be fairly um, robust or similar to, to the past. We have seen a, slight, uh, a slightly fewer imports, particularly on the nitrogen side, um, but at the same time, we've also seen uh, nitrogen production um, this year so far up, um, uh, at least in the first quarter um, of the fertilizer year, up actually um, 7%. So I think that's kind of the, the, the good news there um, is that maybe some of that additional um, domestic production will offset um, some of the reduction in, in imports. So overall, you know, as growers are thinking about it, uh, moving into the, the season, again, I don't, I, we're not anticipating any widespread shortages um, and uh, barring any uh, unforeseen disruptions. I think prices are at least uh, generally trending in, in, in the positive direction, uh, which would be a little bit lower. And, and are there regional differences, Jason? We obviously, you know, here in Minnesota and the, the Dakotas kind of on the uh, the northern end of the spectrum, a lot of uh, fertilizer products move up the river by barge and obviously some disruptions there with the, due to low water. Are there regional concerns or, or are things pretty well uh, you know, shaking out nationwide? Yeah, uh, you know, I think there's always various uh, regional concerns or differences as we, as we look across the U.S. Um, obviously, the Corn Belt uh, in Minnesota being the upper Midwest and uh, part of that Corn Belt, you know, the river is something that we're keeping our eye on, particularly as we head into the spring um, above uh, St. Louis. And so I know we've gotten some uh, fairly significant snow in different portions of of Minnesota, so some wet weather. So um, we are watching uh, kind of where uh, where things go uh, with with the river, just because it is such a major artery, you obviously have things, uh, for example, potash that generally comes in through rail, and so you know, is rail uh, in kind of rail service continue to supply 
um, product uh, in, into the region. So I think as of this point, there's no, there, there, you know, there's no huge uh, major blinking red lights, um, but we are definitely watching the, the river side of things. Um, it sounded like it was a fairly decent fall um, in terms of fall application, which is a good, uh, hopefully helps us get ahead a little bit on, on, on the spring side, but we will be watching, uh, again, you know, service with rail, any potential significant weather events that delay or, or detract from uh, spring application, as well as obviously product that moves up the Mississippi River. Um, so yeah, we're, we're watching it. We'll, we will have to see, uh, fingers crossed, that uh, God sends a little bit more rain or snow um, and those levels come back uh, to, to more normal. Well, we did pick up some rainfall uh, the last several days. Looks like some some more snow headed our direction, so that all will certainly uh, mm-hmm. bode well uh, as far as the transportation mm-hmm. goes. So, is there anything then that uh, you know farmers should be watching for? Any recommendations, uh, you know, as, as they are again making final plans for their budgets? And and uh, I'm imagining many of them probably have already locked in some prices and locked in some mm-hmm. supply, but uh, anything that farmers should be pondering as we are uh, here in the, the mid to latter part of January? Yeah, I mean, I think there's really kind of four things that we would, uh, you know, remind folks to continue to keep top of mind, and most of them probably already are. Um, but, you know, the first the first one is really understanding your needs. And so, um, you know, if last fall uh, you haven't, you didn't get a chance to soil test or you haven't soil tested in a couple years, you know, understanding what your soil is going to need for the yield goals and targets for the crop that you're having um, or, or plan on planting um, is really important. You know, you don't want to overspend on a high price input. You also don't want to underspend um, and miss out on some of that yield. So, you know, understanding your needs, uh, you know, if you haven't implemented 4R practices, you know, putting fertilizer down at the right source, the right rate, the right time and the right place, um, now is a great year to do that. Um, again, with high input costs, you want to be sure that those inputs are being utilized as optimally as possible. And there's um, low of loss um, as, can, as, as you can make it. So the other one is just communicate, communicate, communicate um, with your retailer, with your supplier, um, help them understand what your plan is, uh, what your goals are, what product you need, when you hope to have that product, you know, setting up plan A and hopefully you don't have to, but set up plan B just in case, you know, something changes um, with that. And then lastly, what you kind of alluded to is, you know, in terms of managing the risk, is there a way to lock in some of those output prices uh, in terms of, uh, you know, futures contracts or things like that? And that way you can back into um, your budget and what you can spend um, or what you want to spend uh, on on the fertilizer side of things um, and focus on kind of layering in purchases and uh, looking at the average price um, across all those purchases, not necessarily the, the one time. But that will help you, you know, at least feel a little more confident locking in some of those prices, re- remove some of that risk and allows you to then feel comfortable um, spending what you need to spend on, on all your inputs, whether that's seed, chem, fertilizer, um, fuel, um, to be able to, to hopefully make the margins that uh, make sense for your operation. You know, it's not lost on us um, here at TFI that this has been definitely a challenging, um, a challenging few years uh, to make decisions and to know where things are, are going. I mean, I, I talked to my uncles in, in Minnesota uh, who are kind of across the south central and, and southeast uh, part of the state. And it's been, you know, there's been a lot to try to deal with and contend with um, over the last couple of years. And so we recognize that and we are, you know, doing doing our best uh, to provide as much information as possible to make those uh, decisions. And the industry here, whether they're producers or importers or distributors are doing everything they can uh, to be sure that we can deliver um, those 
fertilizer nutrients um, and plant nutrients uh, when you need it in a safe um, and, and reliable uh, manner. So um, I think that's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely challenging times, but uh, we're lucky that farmers are incredibly resilient. Um, and, you know, I know I and my family are very grateful for, for growers for producing the food that you and I eat. Thanks for joining us. Get the latest in farm news and market information daily from the Linder Farm Network and check out our podcasts on linderfarmnetwork.com.